Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. Hey, Justin. Hey, man. You want to play a game? Sure, why not? What game you got? What's that in your hand? It's Kabuki Quantum Fighter! Oh, no. Hey everybody, this is Ferg from the Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast, and you are listening to Two Dudes in a Nest with your hosts Michael and Justin, right here on the Retro Junkies Network. First, we should tell everybody we are the two dudes in an S. Yeah. And we talk about Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Yes. I don't know. Well, <laughs> that only makes sense to say it like that. Yeah, that's how I figure it has to be said. And yeah, so this game is a little strange when at first glance, but. Uh huh. Uh huh. And much in the uh, um, same kind of uh, thing that we talked about last year, last week with Metal Gear, um, isn't there some reference to uh, nuclear weapons? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Hello. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> no, Mario. Mario. How did you get? How did you get in here? <laughs> Oh, it's cute. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mario, have you ever played this game? No. Okay. Well, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, we gotta. No, Mario. Where are we going? <laughs> Where do you want to go? You're not allowed to be on this show. You're actually never allowed to be on this show again, even when we talk about your games again. <laughs> okay? It's just not gonna happen. Just. You've hurt his feelings now. I know. I'm sorry, Mario. I mean, you you really uh, you really set up all of Nintendo, but you've gone insane. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh man. He's speechless. <laughs> I know. I know. He does. Uh, maybe nobody's ever told him he's insane before. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now he's got to ponder it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he is. <laughs> well, well, all right, Mario. Right, Mario. Thanks for dropping by. Could you please kindly see yourself out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Any parting words? Nintendo. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Nintendo. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. See you, Mario. All right. Okay. How about some history? Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. Alright, so history of the Kabuki Quantum Fighter. So Kabuki Quantum Fighter, which was called something else in Japan. Uh, let's see. Do you, you want me to try to say this? Yeah, you need some you practice. Think I should try? You need practice, so. 
Jigoku Gakuraki Maru. That was really bad. No, actually, that middle word really. That middle word really got me. I feel like I feel like you're getting better though. Goku Raku. Let me try it. Can I try it? Goku. I'm not. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but let's see if I can. No, go ahead. Do it. Let's see. Hang on. Wait, I got. I got to pull it up. So talk some more history while I pull it up, and then I'll. Okay, so uh, it's a 2D action platformer, uh, obviously that was uh, published by How America, which was the American publishing arm. for uh, uh, human entertainment. So, um, HAL, also the HAL Laboratory Incorporated was actually, uh, they're pretty famous as far as video games, probably not so much for this game, uh, but they were famous for a lot of games like Kirby uh, they were involved in. They also did the new Ghostbusters 2. Um, then when they came into uh, Super Nintendo, they did all the Kirby games, um, they did Nintendo 64 games, uh, again, Kirby. They did Super Smash Brothers, uh, which yeah, was that's their best very one. famous. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. And then they did the, some Pokemon games. They did Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. And then when they can't, they actually did some Wii games as well. Uh, they did the Super, Smar- Su- Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Super Smash Brothers. Uh, <laughs> it's uh it's a, it's smarsh is you know they're they're fighting with marshmallows yeah, yeah. oh that's a good uh, one. yeah so uh you know it, they it was the first game was too violent so they had to come out yeah well the game smarsh the game was published by hal but i think it was developed by the same people that do the fire pro wrestling series wasn't it uh yeah human entertainment uh, human entertainment which is kind of funny it's just kind of a funny name for uh uh, a game a company. company, yeah. Human. human entertainment. We entertain humans. Well, there's also yeah. the uh, marsupial entertainment, but they yeah. do something completely. And the reptile, yeah, they reptile do, entertainment. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they do something completely different. So, okay, I, um, hang on, real quick. Uh, okay, Jigoku Gakaruka Maru. There you go. I think you, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Moving. So. Going back to human entertainment, they did um, a, a few games that probably nobody ever played or heard of for the Nintendo Entertainment System that hopefully we'll get to talk about at some point that I didn't even know existed. Um, Adventures of Gilligan's Island. There's a Gilligan's Island game? game? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> they did a game called Dance Aerobics. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Egypt. It's just called Egypt. Oh, that's, a, that's um, an education. It's edutainment. Yeah. And uh, their other game for Nintendo Entertainment System was uh, Monster Party. Now, I've heard of Monster Party. Uh, I can't wait. Well, this is Gilligan's and Dance Party or whatever. I wonder, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Dance Dan- Aerobics. I wonder if Dance good. Aerobics uses the power pad. Oh, uh, it has to. That would be interesting. It has to. Yeah. So... Kabuki Quantum Fighter was des- was designed by a game uh, by a guy named Hiroyuki Hiroyuki Ito, not to be confused with the Hiroyuki Ito that uh, uh, designed the Final Fantasy game. This guy he spells his name his last name I T O H, and the guy that did the Final Fantasy games was just I T O. Yeah. At first, I thought when I was doing my research, I was like, "Oh, this is the same guy." What about uh, yeah. what about in Japanese? How do they spell it in Japanese? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, how do you say Japanese characters? In, I, don't know. I think you just got to draw them. Okay, draw them for all the yeah. listeners, please, real quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, as you can see, I'm holding it up right now. Um, all the listeners out there can see that. Right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, programmers uh, Hiroshi Hiranu Hirana, Taka, Takashi Arai um, the funny thing about this is usually when we talk about these games we have like the designer the programmer the pub you know the, the developers they uh, these guys usually go on to do other games and you can find stuff on them I can't find anything on these guys Hmm. I think they may have just been killed after they made this game. Yeah, well, they got stuck in the uh, cyberspace. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, there's a few differences between the Japanese version. Oh yeah, so uh, they were the release dates for these games, for this game. Um, it was December 21st, 1990, uh, in Japan. Released in January of 1991 in the North American market, and February 20th, 1992 in Europe. Um, it's a pretty good delay, uh, 13 months for the North American um, market. And I can't imagine this, and this is my own kind of theory about this game. I, I imagine this game being much more popular in Japan than it was in America. Well, what would give first that of all, away? Yeah, first of all, I, 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 like imagining the boardroom discussion. We talked about this with every game, you know. What, what's the boardroom discussion here? Who's like, oh man, this is a great idea. And I think that Japan is all, was at this time, you know, obviously they're, uh, the technological giants that they were at this time. I mean, you know, everything technologically or electronic was coming out of Japan. Um, so they were pretty obsessed, I'd say, with computers. Also, Japan pretty obsessed with um, Japanese tradition. history. history. Yeah, tradi <laughs> tradition and history, which is the kabuki dancers. And so they, there was just a guy who was obsessed with both computers and kabuki Current. dancers. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, I gotta find some way to use both of my passions. And he created a game where a kabuki, or a guy goes in disguised as a kabuki dancer into a computer to fight and save the world. Well, he wasn't disguised. He was like, uh, it was like one of his ancestors was a kabuki fighter, so it just kind of manifested yeah, I think in, was... inside the game. Which great grandfather? We, yeah. we can talk about this more when we talk about the game. But uh, Assassin's Creed, hello, You're kind of copying yeah. Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Exactly. Nobody's ever brought that up. We will. We will. Yeah. But let's finish yeah. your history. Uh, um. So there were some differences between this game and the um, Japanese version. I don't think the Japan. I think I read that uh, the Japanese version didn't have as many cutscenes. Well, that's a um, Yeah. So, uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's just some differences there. But, uh, anyway, we need to talk about this game. I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about in this game. Yeah, not so much in the history department, but, uh. Yeah. How about we talk about how I got the game? Okay. So. Let's talk about how you got the game. How did you get the game, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just we're great at these segues. Michael's quest to find the cart. Well, well, Justin. Uh, it was about a year ago, I believe. I was searching through a random bin at at McKay's Used Books in Knoxville, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I came across it, it said Kabuki Quantum Fighter, and it was only like 4 or $5, and I said, I can't pass this up, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, and I also, I happened to notice the Hal America on it, so I said, it's got to be good, I mean, it's made by the same people who make Super Smash Brothers and Kirby, so I bought mm -hmm. it, and I brought it home, and I put it in my collection, and I did not play it until we did this show. <laughs> Because I, for, because I forgot all about it. but So, that was my quest to find the card. Had a lasting impression on you yeah. when you bought it. Well, I bought it because I was like, wow, this, is, this looks hilarious and awesome at the same time. Impulse buy. It, what? You're, you're, it was an impulse buy. It was. I, you, know, you were there. I kind of regret those sometimes, but this one I do not regret. Now that I've no. played it, it's pretty good. So let's yeah. just go ahead and just uh, dig into the game. Unless you, you have a story about how you got it. I've, uh, no, I venture to I say you don't say, have this game. I, I, I did want to say, though, that with this game, uh, I wanted to look up and see how much games cost. It's something we haven't really talked about. Like in the early 90s, what did a Nintendo game cost? I think it was about $50. Yeah, and I was actually kind of surprised by that. I found an old Toys R Us commercial, and uh, it wasn't for this game. 
can't imagine that they did a commercial for this game. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if they did. But uh, it was actually, they were advertising uh, Tetris and Super Mario Brothers 3. And like, Tetris was like $55 and Super Mario Brothers uh, 3 was $70. Yeah. See, the price, I was it, just... it, the price of games really hasn't changed over the years, which is kind of shocking yeah. to me. Well, the Nintendo 64 games, I do remember when they came out, they were 40 Uh, but, 40 and 50, I think, but, uh, I, the reason that it shocked me was, at this time, the Nintendo itself was only like 130 bucks, 150 bucks, with some back-ends, and so you're talking about the games were half the price of the system. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like saying if the games are half the price of the systems nowadays, yeah, you gotta get you gotta buy a game for three hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look <laughs> at like an older suit, like the PS3 or the Xbox 360, they're only like a hundred fifty, two hundred dollars now. So, yeah, that's still not half the price of the system, though. Yeah, yeah that's pretty crazy. It's just interesting. I guess a lot of back then, you know, it was kind of like the Nintendo was just a, uh, just, you know, there was no extras to the Nintendo, it was just something to play your cartridges on. Maybe it wasn't seen as something that should be as expensive as the games, because that's the whole point and purpose. Yeah. I don't know. Well... That's just my opinion. The, well, the Nintendo, when it first came out, was pretty expensive, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess I'm kind of talking about, like, in the 90s. Of course, you know, Nintendo had a run that most video game systems don't have, as far as time. Yeah. And most video game systems are around for, what, four or five years and something bigger and better is out? Right, right. Yeah, Nintendo when, was out for, like, when 12 years the, before The something. introductory price of the NES was $300. So. Yeah. So the, the cool thing about video games over the years... Inflation really hasn't done anything to video games. I mean, the price of systems yeah. and the price of games has always kind of been the same. Yeah, if you think about, like, inflation, so, you know, when they say, like, average 2% inflation over every year, give or take, it's interesting that games haven't really seen that. Yeah, welcome to the yeah. Financial Times podcast. <laughs> Today's discussion is video games and inflation. And they're inflated, yes. Can we talk about the game? Let's talk about the game. All right. The game discussion. All right. You want to flip your main around, your main weapon? Oh, I get it. Well, no, <laughs> I think the storyboard actually said that. Oh, did it? I don't remember. I was reading through the storyboards, and the storyboard said your main weapon... M-A-N-E. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so let, let oh, me yeah. start off, because we're going to go on a, qu- a quick little bashing streak in this game, okay? But we're going to come back around. Oh. But let me start by saying that I love this game, all right? Mm-hmm. Now we can do a little bashing. Mm-hmm. All right. The stupidest idea in the world, to me, is to swing your hair around and smack somebody in the face. <laughs> and it, in the game, it doesn't even really look like it. I mean, he kind of does like a headbutt, and this red thing goes out. Yeah. But it's just... Uh, and the story... The story is... It's kind of like epic story. And mm-hmm. like the idea of a guy going into a computer and and wiping out all these viruses, that's a cool... Yeah. Well, I think it's a cool idea for a video game. But he goes into the computer... And becomes a kabuki dancer. Yeah. That's what... So, and uh, this is a difference between the American and the Japanese version that I didn't mention in the history. In the Japanese version, there's no mention <clears throat> of a nuclear threat. But in the American version, there is. And I think that that just tells what... You know, Americans were... Uh, Americans as a whole were obsessed with nuclear threats. Well... You know. I mean, when you're, like, the only country to ever use one on somebody, you're always going to be mm-hmm. a little afraid somebody's going to be like, well, if anybody needs to get nuked, it's America, because they did it first. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're also coming out of the Cold War at this time. What was the different? what was the year, what, what were the years, what was the first year and the second year? 
I mean, was there some uh, kind of something that happened between the two years? Because there was 13 19... months difference. You know what? Actually, I was wrong in the 13 months. Oh, it's actually no. one month. I, oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a one month. It's a 13 month difference between the American and European version. But uh, no. only a we're, yeah, we're, we're never wrong on this show. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's only a one month difference in Japan and North America. So you're saying December 1990 in Japan and January 1991 oh, for North see, America. That, the, the year thing. The thirteen the thirteen month difference was from North America to Europe. Okay, all right. So but if you spoke. ignore the month. Then it's a year's difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there was a nuclear threat during that time, and it yes. caused them to put that. Yeah. Which also, the nuclear threat, if you can kind of, it's it's comparable to the to the Metal Gear, which we talked about last week, and uh, I would have to say uh, Vladimir Putin would probably prefer the American version. Yeah, of course. Putin rejoices. He rejoices at the thought. <laughs> Of a, a computer with viruses launching nuclear weapons. Yes, that just he, he loves that. But Putin refused to play this game because it's about a kabuki dancer, right? And he just shuns that sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So but, Putin rejoices and he shuns. Yeah, he rejoices and shuns. Those are the only two things he can do on our show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So let's just quickly to run down the story for those who haven't played the game. Basically, there's a computer that has the capabilities of launching nuclear weapons, gets a virus, or several viruses, and you, Mm -hmm. as the 25-year-old colonel (laughs) who looks like like a 12-year-old... Yeah, that's what I say. I think that's a fake ID. (laughs) I think it is a fake ID. Anyways, you get put into this machine that looks almost the same as an animus like an assassin's creed Mm -hmm. and you your conscience gets put into this computer Mm -hmm. you're going in to wipe out the viruses by by the way um so you get put into this computer and you become something like your ancestors assassin's Mm -hmm. creed (laughs) (laughs) so he chooses, I guess he doesn't choose, I guess it just kind of manifests as a kabuki dancer. Because apparently this blonde white guy with green eyes had a great-grandfather who was a Japanese kabuki dancer. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting, yeah. He's got quite the family pretty, backstory. Pretty interesting uh, adaptation from his ancestors yeah yeah so i mean he probably also had like some ancestors that were part of the civil war or some world war, <laughs> world war ii ancestors like soldiers with guns but the computer decided he needed to be his great-grandfather who was a kabuki dancer <clears throat> and another thing about this fake id i guess he's supposed to, he's, you know he's part of like this special ops group he's a colonel right and um, if you look at the ID, like it's such a bland ID. It looks like a like if somebody was like, "I'm a colonel," and gave me that ID, <laughs> I would just I wouldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I, I would say, "Okay, where did you buy this?" <laughs> yeah. Because you got ripped off. Where did you make this? Did you print this say. off your computer? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So back to the game. Back to the game. Anyway, that's the story. I mean, you're in the you're in the computer. You're fighting off these viruses, right? So yeah, that's the story. The yeah. story, kind of just, be, it's almost because it's so ridiculous. It makes me want to play it more. I guess mm-hmm. as a yeah. as a kid, yeah. the story being so ridiculous would probably turn me off. But you know, go ahead. It's interesting about you know video games and their stories. A lot of video games have very non-realistic stories. Um, especially for the time. You know, I guess, yeah, whatever. Mega Man, 
Metroid, these games, you know, even Super or uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers, not very realistic, walking mushrooms, but whatever. But this game was so ridiculous. It's like you, there's a fine line where you have to be in video games. Like you have to be fake, interesting, but not too ridiculous. And I think this game kind of crossed that line. Well, and the only thing that crosses the line about it is the Kabuki dancer. If he would have been, mm -hmm, if he would have been, if he would have been like a samurai, or yeah, why why not go samurai? What's the what's the obsession with the Kabuki dancer? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they thought maybe they thought Kabuki maybe they thought samurai's too easy. Yeah, it's like let's make it a little bit different. Everybody talks about Samurai. Maybe they just wanted it's to be different from every other game, which mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is yeah. the character in this game is way different than any other game that I've probably ever played. Yeah. So. Okay, well, let's talk about the storyboard. And since we're talking about how ridiculous the Kabuki uh, dancer idea is, I want to read the part about where it explains Kabuki dancers. The in-game explanation uh, of the Kabuki dancer? No, it, it's on the storyboard here. Oh, okay. It says, it says, a kabuki, a traditional Japanese art. Kabuki is a traditional dramatic art form from Japan. It's a unique, it's unique, wait, yeah, it's unique to Eastern culture. A Western equivalent might be ballet or opera. The actors in a kabuki drama wear lavish costumes, and some have huge manes of colored hair. Whether such hair would make a good weapon is uncertain, but you'll find out it does. <laughs> but you, can you imagine a game starring a quantum fighting ballet dancer? They almost refer to the ridiculousness of it there. Yeah. Can you imagine a game starring a quantum fighting ballet dancer? Uh -huh. At that point, you're just like, okay, we know this is stupid. It's like, I can't but... imagine a game starring a quantum fighting kabuki or a ballet dancer no i cannot <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's silly and uh most people would probably read that now i'm putting this down i think speaking going back to the boardroom i think they were all probably drunk oh yeah there had to have been some major drugs going on they were like oh something. yeah a kabuki <laughs> quantum fighter yeah yeah, yeah. that's so then, cool Another part of it that I loved was where it explains the Quantum Fighter's Warlocks. Your blazing mane is deadly to the enemy units you will encounter inside the supercomputer. Those foolish enough to approach you can be thrashed with this head-banging blows. Other weapons will allow you to attack at a distance. So only those foolish enough. Well, the hair is probably you. the best weapon in the game. I didn't, I didn't find myself using anything else. Well, yeah. Why would you? I don't know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty but hilarious. Another, another idea that could have happened, that could have, the reason that could have put the Kabuki in the game, is they could have designed this whole game after a ninja or something, right? Mm hmm. And that, that hair animation was actually a sword or something, right? Mm hmm. But then at the last minute, they fired this guy, and he's like, oh, I'll show them. And he sneaks back in, he changes the character and all the animations <laughs> to the Kabuki. And it was too yeah. late to it was too late to redesign the game anymore. So they're like, Oh, mm -hmm. I guess we're they used to be just called Quantum Fighter and then like, Oh man, right. we gotta fix this, but we can't change the game. I guess we'll just change no. the name of the game and promote it as a Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, it's just it's so funny. And here, again, it, it, you not only could use your hair as a weapon, but it could also help you jump. To get the most from your leap, go a hair's breadth from the edge of your launching platform, then jump. You can use your hair. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't ever remember using my hair to jump. Maybe that was my Well, point. this is what it says. Make it by a hair. To get the most of your... I, I, it's from the story. I think it's just I, a, I think it's just a hair reference about jumping. Yeah. <laughs> They're just talking about hairs all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we haven't talked about the actual game at all yet. <laughs> Maybe we should. So let's talk about real yeah. quick. Let, let, let's talk about the game. All right. All right. When I was playing the game, uh, it reminded me of like a ton of other games. Like 
One is Batman, the Batman game on the NES by Sunsoft. Mm-hmm. For some reason, mm-hmm. I guess the the backgrounds and and like all the water and spikes and the way that the platforming is done reminded me a lot of Batman. Mm-hmm. And that also reminded me yeah. a little bit of Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden, however you want to pronounce. Because you can like jump on climb walls and you swing from things, and there's that platforming aspect reminds me of Ninja Gaiden. And then mm-hmm. it also kind of reminds me of Mega Man a little bit because after each level you get an upgrade to your guy. So mm-hmm. and you beat a boss at the end of the level and then you get an upgrade. So it's kind of mm-hmm. it's definitely not as detailed as Mega Man as far as the upgrades go, but it's kind of similar because your weapon changes, your secondary weapon yeah. changes. Yeah, and I love the names of the characters too. The major virus units, you fight viruses. Vulcan, Gemini, um, the Jabberjaws, fight off the Jabberjaws. Yeah, and something to note about the bosses in this game is, of course, I only made it through level three, or round three. Um, but they're all small. They're, like, smaller than your character. Like, the sprites mm-hmm. for the bad guys, they're small, mm-hmm. which is unusual, because normally these... These games want these big, huge sprites that are way bigger than your character. But these guys are little, small guys that jump around the screen. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of yeah. interesting too. And the, the yeah. animations of the boss characters seem like almost like juxtaposed from the rest of the game. It's weird looking. <laughs> yeah. Although I have to say, I think the graphics in this game are good. I think they're. I think that was one of its. I think they're good. I think they're pretty bland as far as the actual graphics go. But the animations, like the character animations, mm-hmm. they're really, really yeah. smooth. And I like yeah. I like the way the levels were kind of designed to look. I just think, mm-hmm. that, I don't know, like, I think if you're in a computer, you could have been more colorful. They, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. They could have used more color, you know. And I don't know, you know, you have when you talk about games, like if you look at a lot of games... Contrast, comp, contrasting but complementing mm-hmm. is what you want in your color schemes. And I'm not so sure, like, these colors were a little contrasting, like the burnt red or orange or whatever, and black, mm-hmm. but they're not really complementing. Right, right. Um, you know, they don't really go together. And then you just, like, throw in some green every now and then, or yellow. Yellow, adding a yellow to a burgundy and black screen. <laughs> doesn't really work that well, in my opinion. No, you know, well, when I we, think about good games... We need games, to call in an art expert. Yeah. If you compare it to some of the games we've already talked about, you know, like Metal Gear, I thought they had good contrasting colors and good complementing colors. Right. Well, basically what uh, you want to do, or what you're trying to say, I think, for the listeners who are not keen on this complementing contrasting notion... Is you want your characters mm-hmm. to your characters and your enemies to stand out uh, out mm-hmm. from your background, but you want it to look right. look like it's all kind of meshing together, right? Because you don't want your characters it, to blend in with the background, because then you can't see what you're mm-hmm. doing, you can't tell what you're doing, right? Um, and you know if you compare it to like Metal Gear or even Super Mario Brothers, you know they had great mm-hmm. contrasting colors. And they really complimented. Nothing seemed like, well, that color kind of doesn't really go there. Right. But, uh, yeah, that that was just my opinion of the game. I thought that the graphics were good, but they could have did a little more in the color department. Yeah, uh, I agree. I thought the graphics were pretty pretty okay. Pretty okay. Pretty okay. Pretty, pretty okay. okay. <laughs> now, speaking of graphics... Probably my favorite part of the game when we could talk about the cutscenes. Yes, the cutscenes are sweet, and they're yeah. Tell me, they're re- now you s- they're well drawn. I mean, mm-hmm. I like them. Now you sat down this week, I think, and played this game, and you went through all the cutscenes right at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, that? if you don't if you don't hit start, you get about it felt like about thirty minutes of cutscenes. I'm sure I'm sure it was only <laughs> maybe three or four minutes, but it was just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scene after scene after scene. They got tons of hand-drawn images, which is great, and mm-hmm. and they got tons of handwritten stuff. It's it's probably like one page worth of handwritten 
and then maybe eight, yeah. eight, eight pictures. And then in between levels, you get cool cutscenes and animations too. The one that right. the, the only one, if you're not talking about the story at all, you're just talking about the animation and cutscenes. The one that really mm-hmm. stuck out to me as being strange. It's like right before you go into the level, there's a picture of your your Kabuki fighter standing there. Yeah. And there's a bunch of garbled text scrolling behind him. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Is that supposed to be like computer speak? Why did Why didn't they just do ones and zeros or something? Yeah. See, I think, and they even like it's supposed to be binary. And they even refer, don't they, at some point as a military agent who has his brain transferred into raw binary code? Yeah. Yeah. They even kind of refer to it, but then they don't. I think they're afraid they were all binary? just too stupid at the time to know what binary was. And it's like yeah. we we probably all thought instead of ones and zeros, we all thought, oh yeah, that's what it is. It's just garbled text. It's got to be more complicated. Yeah, it's got to be more complicated than this. Right. That's uh, what we were probably thinking back in the day. Yeah. Tangents. Speaking of more complicated, anybody that's out there, that, you know, knows a lot about science is. Humans have a, uh, Here what we is go. it? Uh, well, we have a, we have a desire to make things more complicated than they really are, and that kind of happens with the story of DNA and how it was discovered. Is we for a long time thought that proteins were the uh, things that carried genetic material because they were more complicated than DNA. We thought there's no way DNA can carry all of our information, but then it. It turned out to be DNA, obviously. It's the same thing with the binary code and representing it to the people. It's like, it can't just be all ones and zeros. You mean everything that my computer's doing is ones and zeros? Welcome, everybody, to the weekly science discussion <laughs> with Michael and Justin. <laughs> okay, I'm going off on too many tangents today. I need to be reined in a little bit. Yeah, what the God. I'm going on the financials and... Science. Uh, what's next? Yeah. We'll find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, Tom Arnold would be impressed, though, with our with our knowledge. Of, yeah, yeah, with our breath. We have quite quite the knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. The sound, the music, the sound of music. I love the music in this game. It's probably maybe aside from Wizards and Warriors, mm-hmm. of all the games we played so far and on this show. I think this probably has the best music. It's just so techno-y and I don't yeah. know. Turtles had good music too. I, I can't see make, that's what I was. About I can't. To say. I can't make that. I can't make that. I can't, never mind. I can't it's hard that. to say, and that, that I think that's definitely a, uh, a topic for a future show. Is um, maybe like top video game music, which games had the best music? This one's going to be up there. Um, it kind of almost kind of reminded me, not, not that the song sounded similar, but it was kind of the similar principle behind the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Kind of just jam, upbeat. It's kind of like... Kind of makes you want to go. I don't know if... Uh, I, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just, it's techno-y. It kind of reminds me of mm-hmm. kind of what electronica music is doing now, where it's all, it's very sporadic and like noisy. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I guess like a yeah. Skrillex or whoever. I don't know. I don't, I don't keep well, up with you music. Know, last, time, last time I was clubbing, let's see what were they playing. Uh, no, I don't what was that, like 1998? Yeah. Oh, well, never. I don't think I've ever been to a nightclub. Yeah. I've, I've, I've only been a couple times. Anyways, I think that the music <laughs> is... It's very. It was very ahead of its time as far as mm-hmm. the way that it's arranged, and the way that's right. played. It almost like there's a couple of songs that almost reminded. Me, I, th- I thought, oh, that reminds me of another song I've heard, and then I was. I kept thinking about, it, kept thinking about, it, and I looked it up, and it was a song that had come out after that game. So it's almost yeah. like they had made that song because it reminded me of like a, it was a real song. I don't even remember what it was now, but. Mm-hmm. The, listening to the music in the game reminded me of a real song that came out after the game. Right. So that tells you something. So that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, if I was like rating this game, you know, we'll talk about an actual rating mm-hmm. uh, later. But uh, uh, like I would say, like sound would be like 
10 out of 10. I would really give this like a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, I just love it. I just think it's an awesome Graphics, game. like, you know, 7.5 out of 10. 6. Story, 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's just for the it's just for the Kabuki fighter. It's just for the, you know, the Kabuki dancer. I would give it a 2 because it's just too random for me. Sorry. Yeah, oh, but it's uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I just got a couple more things I'd like to say about the game. Yeah. And then we'll kind of wrap up the gameplay discussion. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, the platforming is awesome, and the fighting is good. It's just... And once you really get into it, you kind of ignore the fact that you're a Kabuki fighter. But the, Mm. the platform is what's really cool to me, because it's very... It's hard to describe, but it's... It's just like uh, it's just like your basic platform. You can swing from things, and the swinging mm-hmm. animation is awesome. It's very smooth. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. I think Kyle Murphy may have mentioned that on our Facebook wall, how smooth it is. It's just for an mm-hmm. NES game to have that smooth of an animation is it's really cool. But anyways, the platform is really fun. There are parts of the platforming where it's kind of you, you have a timer right the whole time mm-hmm. you're playing. And most of the time it doesn't right, come yeah. into play, but there are sections of the platforming where all of a sudden, they shrink the timer really short for you, so you have to hurry. Yeah, you got to watch the time. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. When they, whenever the timer would get really short, and you'd have to rush through parts of the platforming. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. The you know the, the enemy. You, go you, ahead. No, go ahead. This is kind of a just go go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say also the enemies were cool. I liked the enemies. They were kind of mm. all were really random. The bosses were kind of boring, but the actual enemies were cool. Like, you had, like, the, uh, I don't know what you call them. There's, like, frogmen, walking frogmen, and then you had uh, these statues that spit fire. I don't know. I thought they were cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, as far as, like, the, the bad guys, it was all pretty cool. One thing that I wanted to, I don't know if you noticed this, but, um... The main character of the games were different in the Japanese and American versions. The Japanese version had this like kind of bad looking dude. Uh, like a bad looking dude, like bad dude, like, uh, kind of. No, like he's gonna whoop some tail. Oh really? You know? Yeah, like that. The main character before he becomes a Kabuki. Oh uh, and okay. The main character's name was Bobby Yano. Yano. Uh huh. And uh, Japan. For some reason, I guess they decided that he was too Asian, that Americans wouldn't like him, and so they changed it to Scott O'Connor, uh, and I made him look like a 12-year-old boy in the American version. But if anybody wants to look that up, it's pretty interesting, the, the differences. And actually, they refer to this, uh, the character Bobby Yano looking like a character from a Japanese fantasy movie, Zaipang. And the main character is named Dogaku. Go, you need to say it. Goku. Gokuraku. I've done. Maru? I've done closed it, but yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so that's pretty interesting. And also in the Japanese version, the main character is not 25 years old. He's 15. That makes more sense. <laughs> but the guy that is playing the 15-year-old looks like a 25-year-old, and it's like the flip version in the American version. So a 25-year-old that looks like a 15-year-old. Uh huh. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So. Retrofitted trophies. Did you have any trophies? Uh, the main man trophy. Okay. You know, just uh, killing every enemy with your hair. Ah, uh, never, never using Probably. another, another weapon. Never using, never using another weapon, but only your hair. The main man. M A N E. M A N E, of course, yeah. So, yes, that was uh, that's really my only trophy. That's your only trophy. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping you'd give me more time because I forgot. To, uh, I forgot to yeah, do a trophy. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, did you have a high score? Well, I'll think of another one. You, did you have a high score? I didn't have a high store, score, but as I'm looking at this, 
game. I didn't play this game. Uh, I have played this game before. I didn't play it this past week. Mm -hmm. Apologize. I'm not. Maybe I'm not a purist. That's okay. But there's there's one level in this game uh, where it looks like you know like the the trees are coming down. I guess this is supposed to be like roots or something. But it looks like a trachea and bronchial tubes. Pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know. That's cool. Uh, okay, so I guess then my high score was like 26,000-ish. So I guess the Tom mm -hmm. Arnold would be impressed trophy goes to me. Yes. Unless a listener out there can best me, which I bet you can because it's not a very high score. And then uh, the only other trophy I came up with was uh, Quantum Leap. <laughs> and that is uh, making it through the first stage without touching any spikes. So, I don't know. That's kind of a boring trophy. But Quantum Leap was an awesome show on television. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't want to go off yeah. onto a tangent, a Quantum Leap podcast real quick? Uh, no. I don't know no. anything about Quantum no. I don't know anything about Quantum Leap, so you don't have anything to worry about. Okay, good. <laughs> Game rating. I think the rating this week should be a dance because we have a kabuki dancer mm -hmm. i think we should give this game a dance popular okay. it doesn't have to be necessarily ballroom just any kind of dance okay oh yeah yeah okay i'm good with that okay do you want to go first or you want me to go? i'll go first i'm gonna go with the robot oh, okay because the robot first of all because you know it's computer game, robots. Mm, that's a good idea. Kind of yeah. makes sense. But uh, also that the robot was kind of a ridiculous dance, but it was also awesome at the same time. Mm -hmm. so this oh, is kind of, you know, relates to this game. This game was ridiculous, but awesome. Okay. Alright, I'm going to give it the... I'm going to give it the worm. <laughs> okay. For some of the same reasons that uh, you did. I think it's a ridiculous dance, but I admire anybody <laughs> who can do it well. You know? Yes. Because yes. it's it looks like a fairly tricky dance to do. Yeah, there's no way I can do it. So when somebody does it, see, it's kind of like a, when somebody does it and they don't do it well, you're like, ah, stupid, stupid worm. But then when somebody does it well, you're like, oh, nice worm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to give you You admire? Yeah. All right, let me, let me do 20 minutes on, on dance moves here. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, All right, so we got a little, we got a little bit of feedback. You ready? Right. You ready for a little bit of feedback? We didn't get, yeah, we, didn't get really, yeah. we didn't get much. I don't think a lot of people a even heard of this game and b ever played it. Yeah, so it is kind of obscure. I don't really have. Um, I've lost where. Oh wow! Actually, maybe we got more than I thought. If I go to the right spot, okay. Uh oh, liar. Uh, okay. Uh, Kyle, really Kyle says, I think I want to check this game out. Kyle Murphy. Mm -hmm. Zach mm -hmm. Spencer says, it's so darn fun. My current speed record is 24 minutes, 25 seconds. Oh. I'm using the HP slash chip trade, though, so i got to mm -hmm. cut that and still try to reduce my time. Ouch. I don't know what that means. So, yeah, I don't know what that means either, but still 24 minutes in this game is pretty that, that is pretty Yeah, I think it yeah. took me 24 minutes just to get through round two. Adam Ford yeah. says, yeah. I heard this game was bought, brought over to the U.S. by the current CEO of Nintendo back in the day. Yes, I can't believe I forgot to bring to uh, to bring that up in the history. Thank you for bringing that up, though, because uh, uh, I completely failed you, the listener. And so bringing the up that CEO. the current CEO of Nintendo uh, was the one that uh, was responsible for bringing this game over. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And was the uh, president or whatever. Uh, yeah, he was the former president of HAL. Uh, his name is Satoru, Satoru Iwata. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, yeah, he's the current president of Nintendo now. All right. If I was a. Uh... If I was a purist, a podcasting purist, I would just splice mm -hmm. all of this out, put it back in the history <laughs> section, 
No, no, that's not being a purist. I think a purist is you just leave it. Well, okay. Purist is just a like, perfectionist. Yeah. Thing, Podcasting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am yeah, actually a purist because I don't like to edit. So. Yeah. All right. So Adam Ford also said, "I bought me a copy on eBay in very good condition for seven ninety five shipped." Hope I didn't get ripped off. I'm going to try and play every game you guys review. Looks like Ninja Gaiden crossed with Tron. The hair attack looks pretty pretty original. Yeah, so he kind of said what I said, Ninja Gaiden. And I I guess Adam Ford must have been the same guy that wrote us the review on iTunes saying he was going to play every game with us. If not, then we've got two people doing it, and that's awesome, too. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. But Um, it, It does look like Tron, though. Like the the cover and everything. Yeah, it does kind of remind me of Tron. Mm-hmm. Not the Game Tron. Game Tron's kind of out there, but yeah. Uh, let's Not that, no, the, the yeah, but the movie's completely rational. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, because the, the game it just deviated too far from the movie. <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, the game is just, it's bizarre, but the movie I can I can buy into that. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, let's see. We've got uh, looks like a little spout between Mitz. Oh, I can't pronounce this guy's name. I'm sorry. Um, your, his last name's Norbert, so I'm gonna call him Mister Norbert. There you go. All right, and between him and Oroku Saki. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said the see Mister Norbert says, "I have the Japanese version since my childhood. I think it's a pretty okay game," which is what I said about the graphics. But then Oroku Saki comes back and says, Pretty okay? Bit of an understatement for one of the finest games to grace the 8-bit Nintendo. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So then Mr. Norbert comes back and says, uh, Adventure Island 2 seems to be a better one. But then again, I can talk a crap ton about how many awesome games I had back then. For example, Kickmaster. Uh-huh. So, anyways, there's a little... <laughs> a little feedback spout. Be sh- listeners, that if you're listening now and you're not on Facebook with us or any other social media, but Facebook seems to be the biggest one, get on there mm. and spout with these guys. It's fun. Do it. Yeah, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, obviously you'll get read on the show. Yeah, we just read as much as we can. We find like, yeah. when we do, what we do is, or at least what I do, I try to set up an event where you can put all your feedback on the event because that makes it easier on us. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever does that, so I just, <laughs> I just go find whatever post had the most comments on it, and that's what yeah. I, that's what I use as feedback. All right, um, let's see. Oh wait, we got uh, Aaron Hickman. Can't forget about him. He says it's a great game whether you like to whip your hair back and forth or not. So I guess if you want to just shoot things out of your arm, you don't have to whip your hair. Yeah. And then Jeff. I'm going to mispronounce your name, too, and I'm sorry. Upol? U-P-P-O-L-E? Schnoople. Upol. Upol. <laughs> and now he stopped listening. Yeah, I'm, I, that's reminiscent of Grant making doing the Francisco name. Or us making fun of Eric Purse, who has quit commenting because he doesn't yeah. want us to, <laughs> to make fun of his name. <laughs> He's, he's either uh, stopped listening or just quit commenting because he doesn't want us to make fun of his name. Yeah. So if you're listening, Eric, don't stop. We want more. Yeah. Just just forgive us. It's too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you, Eric. Can't be the first time you've ever heard it either. Yeah, it can't be. Anyways, Jeff says, I've never heard of this game, which is either sad for me or impressive on your part. But probably by the time your podcast is over, I will be buying it somewhere. Thanks. No, he says, thanks? He put a question mark on it. You're welcome, Jeff. This is a good game. Hopefully you bought it. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. It's not terribly expensive out there. And if you haven't bought it yet, I just looked up on... There's a guy on eBay that's got it for 99 cents. Yeah, so it's not... It's not... It's not... Probably like $27 in shipping, but... Uh, yeah, well... It's I hate people that do that. Yeah, me too. Just by the way. give me a price that... Just give me a price outright. <laughs> like the other yeah, guy that nope. bought it for seven ninety five shipped... If you just yeah. put seven ninety five on eBay, no shipping, then perfect. Yeah, include your shipping costs. Yeah. Don't sneak in those shipping costs. Don't be a sneaky snake. Don't be a sneaky snake. Welcome uh, everybody to the buying on eBay podcast. 
<laughs> so while we're talking about feedback, I do want to throw in there, um, you put this up on Facebook about our top 10 ranking. Mm-hmm. You want to elaborate on that? Not really, because it went away after one day. But for Well, that's okay. Hey. For one day, and one day only, we were number nine on the video game podcast on iTunes. Which yeah. the listeners out there are probably think, oh, number nine, whatever, who cares? But let me just read to you some of the other people that are in number nine mm-hmm. and some of the people we beat on that one day. Yeah, that's what so, that was. That's the impressive. Part. The IGN, IGN has tons of podcasts on there. The IGN's mm-hmm. Beyond Pod, podcast Beyond. That's number one. It's really not going anywhere. But the other IGN podcasts are below us. All the other ones, including the Nintendo Voice Cast, including all the other ones. The Retronauts, they're below us. That's a pretty popular mm-hmm. retro podcast. And just think mm-hmm. of think of all the retro video gaming podcasts you listen to. I know you listeners yeah. out there don't just listen to us. Right. So, more than likely, on that one day, they were all below us. So thank you guys you for uh, for spreading the word and getting, getting, getting it out there mm-hmm. for us. We really appreciate it. And I guess yeah. there was another five-star r- r- rating on iTunes, and I like to read our five stars, but I'm afraid I don't want to... I, I kind of did a April Fool's joke this past week <laughs> where I said that the Nintendo lawyers were getting on us about, about hey, things yeah, and, trying yeah. to, and trying to shut us down. And so, so, and any listeners who feel bad about falling for that, don't, because I actually fell for it <laughs> for a moment. I read it, I thought, oh my god, are you serious? And I was like, well, wait a minute, Mike would tell me first before he would put it on Facebook. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's April Fool's. Right. So So it got me. I'm sorry to anybody that that hates it when you get tricked by April Fool's jokes. It's all in good Mm -hmm. fun. But we got a five-star review on there that kind of mentioned... Don't get shut. Don't shut these guys down. <clears throat> so yeah. I'm glad we have people who have our backs. So I really appreciate it. And also, I'm going yeah, to call out Kyle Murphy from the Insert Coin Podcast because he took it to another level, and and uh, mm-hmm. he actually sent me a bunch of like legal mumbo jumbo about how we could protect mm-hmm. ourselves, which I'm going to hold on to because who knows? We may actually run into something because it does happen. Yeah, there is actually uh, kind of a movement right now in podcasts. I don't know how many people out there just actually listen to general podcasts, but uh, Adam Carolla, who's one of the more famous podcasters, uh, he's being sued right now by a patent troll. And basically these guys have bought this patent that has something to do with releasing releasing content online in a sequential fashion. Is what the patent is. And now they're going after... Not just Adam Kroll, I think he, they've actually sued a couple others. Um, if these patent trolls win, it's not going to be good for really anything on iTunes. Right. So. Yeah. So things released on in an episodic manner or, or whatever mm-hmm. are, are in trouble, potentially. Yeah. So of course, of course, we don't label our episodes episode one, episode two. We just label them the name of the game. So yeah. yeah. You're not really listening to episodes, Same. people, right? Right. Right. So hopefully, though, that uh, Corolla will win his case, and that will kind of speed it back, and it'll go away. But yeah. we'll see. All right. Do we need to say things about ourselves? Oh wait, next week. <laughs> Why do we always do this? We always think of things uh, at the end of the show. Anyways, so next- I don't know, but. I, I just like the way you said that. <laughs> Do we need to say things about ourselves? Oh, wait. Yeah. No, uh, anyways. Next week, we're not going to do a game. Get your pitchforks mm-hmm. out. Anybody who loves the format of our show, game every week, I'm sorry. But we got to mix it up every now and then. I think every ten episodes, we're going to mix it up just because we want to mix it up. And I'm hoping you listeners will also want us to mix it up. We're going to do a top five list. We don't know what it's going to be yet. It's probably not going to be a top five games or anything like that. It's probably going to be like top five cheat codes or something, right? So Mm -hmm. that's what next week's going to be about. I don't know if it's going to be shorter. I don't know if it's going to be longer. It'll probably end up being a little bit shorter than our normal episode. I don't know. But... We're going to do a top five list, and it's going to be awesome, yeah. and you're going to love it just as much 
or more than our regular shows. Hopefully you'll love it more so you'll be really excited for every 10 episodes. But I don't know. Yeah. Actually, no, love, okay. our, love our regular episodes more so that you just listen to those. We don't yeah. want you skipping 10 episodes just waiting for the top five list. Yeah, listen to everything. All right, Justin. Like everything. Justin, say stuff about ourselves. Say, say stuff. Well, you can go to our website, nesdudes.com. Uh, you know, we got some extra tidbits about games that we play every week. Uh, we put it on a little synopsis and what you want to... Maybe if you're new to this, you can listen or read what, you know, kind of what we talk about and decide which one you want to listen to first. Because you're going to listen to all of them, right? Well, yeah, of course. But you want to like put, us them, on put Facebook. them in order. Yeah. Like us on Facebook. Uh, I, I want to stress that. Go on Facebook and comment. Because it seems like we're having a lot more downloads to our podcast than we have Facebook likes. And, you know, our Facebook likes are only like 164 or something last I checked. And uh, we're getting a lot more people downloading our show than that. <clears throat> so if you haven't yet, please go like us on Facebook and comment. And you'll probably enjoy it, too. You know, there is some value add there. Yeah. We, and we comment you know. back. It's not like you're just commenting on mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. We, we actually respond to things. And right. right. Um, and follow us on Twitter as well. It, it should be said, I guess, that if you follow us on all three social media networks, Google+, Twitter, and Facebook, you're probably just going to see the same stuff over and over again. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you should still follow us if you're on all three of those. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, of course, best advertisement we've got is you telling a friend. Um, do you like what you hear? Or do you don't like what you hear? But you say, think, I know somebody that would like what that maybe like this uh, tell a friend family uh, loved one not loved one if you really really hate us then use us as torture on somebody <laughs> <laughs> find your enemies and tell them about us right yeah. so. um, I guess it also should be said I've meant I've put this on Facebook and I've put this on Twitter and all that stuff um, we have been running a contest right to get five-star reviews. I know it's kind of a cheap way to get five-star reviews. Of course, it, it doesn't have to be five-star, by the way. Just to get reviews on iTunes, period. Mm-hmm. So we've been running a contest. A lot of people don't know it because we didn't announce it on the show, and I'm sorry for that. But I've got game codes, Steam game codes, just by the wazoo, just sitting in my queue. Because I already, it's one of those things where you accidentally buy the game twice. You know, mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. So I've got mm-hmm. codes, unused codes, and I'm going to give them away. So... I'm gonna. We gotta put a deadline on this. I'm gonna say the end of April. So the beginning of May, okay. we're gonna give. I'm gonna give away two codes to anybody who's given us a review so far. I just not not everybody, but I'm gonna give like a pick somebody. <laughs> I'm gonna pick two people at random who have given yeah. us reviews on iTunes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be five star, although um, most of them are five star, so we don't have to worry about that. I think Mario gave us a one star. That's what he gets for coming on the show so much. Yeah. Sneaking on the show. But anyway, so we hit, there's a contest. Um, if you write us a review, you get put into the into the pool, and then we will take out two names and we'll give out give out two games. One to each person. Yeah. And you can pick the game. I'm just I'll give you I'll show you the list. Okay. And uh, also, Mike and I before the show we've been discussing discussing a uh, special project. A secret project. It should shall remain secret. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you're going to like it coming this summer. Coming this summer. Hopefully. We should drop, we should drop a little itty-bitty hint every show. Yeah, we'll start dropping hints. It's a special project uh, that I think the listeners are really going to enjoy. But um, We yeah. still have to figure out how we're going to do it, so. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Minor detail. Here comes... Wait, there is no noises for next week's game. This is going to be the most boring outro ever. Do-do-do-do. Alright. Wow. Alright, everybody. See ya. See ya.